This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. It's a it's a special episode, this one. I don't know if I'm going to call it a Caribbean Cricket Podcast traditional episode or not. Let's call it a special. It's a Caribbean Cricket Podcast special. My name is Marshall St. Patrick Hewitt, one half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And not with me today is Santoki. Santoki could not make it today. He wanted to be part of this one. Santoki and I have been planning this episode for a long, long time. With me instead, you can see the names on the screen. They look very, very familiar. One name says Mashal Hewitt. The other one says Roderick Hewitt. The, the person who has joined us today is none other is none other than my father himself. Let me give him his full title, Dr. Reverend Roderick Hewitt. His current um, uh, iteration in terms of uh, employment would be as the president of the International University uh, of the Caribbean, but I'm going to hand over. I should, I guess, I should say, Dad. I'm going to hand over to my father to introduce himself. Pops, tell the people who you are, where you come from, what you do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, I'm a thoroughbred Jamaican, uh, as you have said. I currently I, I work with as president for the International University of the Caribbean, but my my journey has been one that has been global. Um, I've worked, as you would have indicated in my title, as a minister of the United Church in Jamaica and the Cayman Islands. I've worked in, in here in UK with the United Reformed Church. I've worked with an international body called the Council for World Mission, based in London for many years. Uh, and then back in Jamaica working and then left and went to live and work in South Africa as a professor at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. Then uh, I spent a year as a fellow at University of Birmingham at a new college and finally back home to the land I love, Jamrock. Yeah, that's me. And uh, I've I'm there with my wife, and thank God, none of the children. Uh, <laughs> they they are they are running their own life now. <laughs> Listen, people, he doesn't mean any of that. He wishes he wishes <laughs> I was back in he wishes I was back in Jamaica um, full time. And in, in fact, as people know, if you've been following the CCP journey, I sh- I should have been in Jamaica this past Easter, um, but um, Lufthansa had their wicked way with me. But I will be back in Jamaica this Christmas to spend a long overdue awaited Christmas in Jamaica, which I haven't actually done in a while. Usually it's the summer or Easter that I turn up there. But as we're saying to my dad um, off screen, just before I, I, I press go, it looks like my sister wants to join in the, in the, in the thing as well. Big up my sister who's trying to join in, but she's not coming on live people. It's just me. It's just me and my pops today. But, um, <laughs> but um, what, what I wanted to do today, people, if I just briefly introduce this topic is um, Santoki and I, 
have done okay we've done lots of cricket shows but our most downloaded episode that we've ever done if you add up audio and if you add up some of the visuals has if and we never did a visual that's life if you look at our, our audios our most downloaded episode ever was a special that we did on indo-caribbean cricket culture and when we did that episode, and if you haven't listened to it, I do suggest that everybody goes and finds it on the audio platform, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. And on that particular episode, we in Santoki looked at it from an Indo-Caribbean perspective. I looked at it as an Afro-Caribbean, and we had Barat Sundaresan, the author, uh, journalist, looking at it from an Indian perspective. And what we felt after we did that episode was, yes, we cover West Indies cricket, but by proxy, you can't really cover West Indies cricket without covering West Indian history. Yeah. The, the two things don't stand separate. The, the, you, can't, you can't know one without knowing the other um, at the exact same time. And even the name West Indies has a historical connotation um, and a, a background that you really have to study to, 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 to understand how we've got to where we've got to. And what Santoki and I discussed was where does this concept of the West Indies and in particular this concept of the Caribbean, because the two names, I don't even know if we can say that the two names are interchangeable. We seem to interchange the region's names quite a bit, but are they really the same things? What's the Caribbean versus what's the West Indies or are they actually interchangeable? Um, and then where does cricket stand in all of that? And what made me, my, my, my dad will tell everyone once I give, uh, once I hand the mic back to him, so to speak. But I've been on at him for ages to say, I want you to come on because of all the people I could have possibly got on to talk about this particular topic, he's the person I know best who would look at this with the necessary gravitas and historical understanding to deep dive. And we've done this live. We could have just done this recorded and just sent this out. But I wanted people to join in drop their own comments in, etc. If you are live with this and you're like, boy, this looks like an interesting topic, share this now. Ring someone, text someone, say, jump on this live. This is a topic you've got to get into and and, and you will guide the conversation as well. And finally, as I end my, my, my ramble of an intro, what really wanted me to get this done is because I knew my dad was going to be in the country. So believe it or not, people, he is actually in the UK right now, but he's in a hotel and I'm in my bedroom. But, um, but I was in the Netherlands last week and one of the beautiful things about being in the Netherlands watching the West Indies play those three ODIs was I saw West Indian supporters from everywhere. Guyana, Trinidad, Dominica, Jamaica, uh, who else am I missing out? Barbados, St. Martin, um, St. Kitts, Antigua. I saw flags from everywhere. And e, but that in itself raised a really. And I spoke to everyone. There was no sense of the Guyanese are over there and they're not talking to the Jamaicans or the Trinis are over there. Everyone had their flags, but everyone was intermingling. And what that raised to me, and what I'm going to put to my dad during the course of this as well, is was it like that because we were the diaspora population, and in many ways, watching the West Indies brings us all together as a diaspora, or? Would that be the exact same sense if you were in the Caribbean anyway? I, I, I don't know. I'm just raising that as a, as a concept. But Pops, handing back to you, I, I guess, I think I want to start this with, where should we even start? Boy, we could go in so many different directions. In fact, let me let you start. Where do you, where do you want to start? Because I was going to go to the 50s and 60s, but where do you think is the best entry point to begin to unpick this topic? Well, like with like with anything, you you first begin to define, and uh, you started out with the very concept of West Indies. So let's start there, um, because as you rightly um, pointed out, it's a it's it's a given name. It was never the name of uh, that was linked with the people. And let's bear in mind, it's it it's it is tied up with this the stupidity of of colonial power because they as you know they were trying to get to india that was their objective seeking a western trade route and when they when they met upon the islands and if you look at uh, spanish um west indies or i prefer to speak about spanish caribbean 
history, uh, you will see that there was a big mutiny on, on, on the boat, uh, ready to, as it were, get rid of Columbus when they saw lands. And it was out of that, they said, well, here we are. We have arrived in India using the Western route. And when they saw the, the indigenous people, the First Nations, the, and they were Indians, not realizing that this was the Americas that they had arrived, um, naturally, it became the Indians of the West, West Indians. So that's the, the background of it. But over the period of time, as they encountered the, the, the peoples of the Caribbean, because the Tainos, which we call the Arawaks, which stretched from up in the Bahamas, right, right down. Um, technically, they were the military weaker group of the Indians. And the Caribs that uh, also came over from Central America through the islands, and they were the more military stronger group. And, uh, and, and, and so they were the two dominant uh, American Indian group uh, that occupy the, 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 what we call the Caribbean. So the Caribbean is really Carib lands, Carib lands. And, uh, and, and to, to that extent, I, I naturally, I prefer the term Caribbean because it, it, it honors the First Nation people. And I think intentionally, we should refer to ourselves as, as, as peoples of the Caribbean. As, um, yeah, we have to recognize history and the term West Indian. But West Indian now, it has less to do with the people and more to do with institutions. Mm. The, the University of the West Indies, you know, the, the British West Indies Airways Corporation, that kind of thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's less to do with people and more to do with institutions. Many of them hang over from colonialism. So I think it is good to set the record straight. That's as, that's as good a start as any. And I guess from there, and al I, already I can see the comments people, uh, bring them bring them all in. Remember, share this. You, we're we're going to go everywhere with this conversation. But you know what, people? I'm not going to allow my dad to talk for, for two hours because if I give him a little inkling, you know, we'll still be here at midnight. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I will be cutting this off. I'm going to leave you lot thirsty for more and cut this off at some point in time. But... um. But then, okay, so Dad, let's 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 fast forward to um, let's fast forward to and it's uh, mm, you have the 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 kind of introduction of the West Indies as a cricket team, and that we can go from the twenties, thirties, etc. I'm going to miss that for a bit, and I want to jump in because this is kind of what I gave it the title as. I want to jump into the fifties, and I want to jump into. The beginning of what I call, I guess, for want of a better phrase, the start of post-colonial sentiment. And maybe you want to say the 40s, but the beginning of post-colonial sentiment and the creation of the West Indian Federation. Because as, as, but as you've correctly pointed out, the concept of West Indies predates that many, many moons before we get to the West Indian Federation. But the reason why I wanted this to focus on the concept of West Indian Federation is where do you place, and you might think I've got it wrong, and that's why I wanted you on, to correct me and to educate anybody else who doesn't know. Where do we begin to place this notion of a Caribbean Union? Now, I started with the concept of a West Indian Federation. In, as, we, as we get to... Um, uh, in independence from uh, Britain, from island by island, and you have the West Indian Federation set up in 58, obviously dissolves by 62, but is that where you'd say is the start point to fully understand the idea, albeit brief initially, of a people of the Caribbean and seeing ourselves as a people of the Caribbean? Is it, Would that be right or is that wrong? Well, to some extent, um, I would have to give credit to the, the the kind of symbiotic move from being a West Indian people to a Caribbean people. You would have to give uh, credit to some key leaders. 
uh, and that's where you know academia is important because um, the prime minister of of, of uh, Trinidad, Eric Williams, uh, you could call him the father of of, of uh, the Caribbean. <laughs> um, he he was a great historian. You know, uh, when you look at his texts, uh, the seminal texts, British historian, yeah, and and the, and and British history of the of the of the Caribbean that he would he would write and say a lot of the things about the peoples of the Caribbean that were written by British historians had very little to do with the Caribbean people per se nothing much about the the, the, the fauna and the kind of landscape it was writing about the the region for the sake of Britain you know mm -hmm. it was for that context and he in his phd thesis at the university of london actually pushed for caribbean people to start writing their own history and it was out of that kind of notion of self-actualization of caribbean people and you look at the scholars emerging out of um out of the different nations of the caribbean and the strong nationalism that had begun to take place the movement and remember britain at, uh, in the 1940s 48 and suffered so much from the from world war ii and um, and the american power at that time was also beginning to to become stronger within the caribbean taking over a lot of the british influences in the caribbean and mm. uh, and so even within that wider sphere you begin to find the notion of the west indian identity beginning to diminish uh, with the new caribbean identity and remember to 19 at uh, the time you get to 1960 and the americans see the caribbean sea not the west indian sea you know it was the caribbean sea so why you have Caribbean Sea and the people are West Indian? The people are Caribbean people, and uh, and, and 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 that was a new form of neo-colonialism with the arrival of the Americas, because they too began to see the Caribbean as their backdoor. They, mm. they, it was it was situated in a strategic waterway from east to west. It was a it was a region that they need to monitor because if they can control the sea lanes of the Caribbean, then they would also protect their own imperial, their own imperial uh, power that they had. So the Caribbean actually um, is a, has always been a context for contestation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's almost like you, you, live, you, you leave one form of enslavement into another form of enslavement. Uh, by the time, for example, we got to Reagan, he referred to the Caribbean as as the Caribbean basin, basin, and mm -hmm. that basin had deep political implication. It's our backyard; um, we control it, which technically is 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 a, is a, is a continuation of 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 that from the 1980s with Reagan. So the Caribbean, two key words I would use: it's full of hybridity and contradiction. And if it, 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 you would, I use those two terms because eventually it will tie up with what you said earlier about why is it you see this unity in diversity? Because even with the distinctiveness of each island and each territory, and whether you are mainland Caribbean, like Guyana, like uh, Hondu, um, like Belize, sorry, which was British Honduras, you know. It doesn't matter where you are. There is a there is a, a kind of ethos of that binds us together with the experience. But it is experiential. It is ah. an experiential identity that makes us one people. So and and because of beyond that, our diversity is as diverse as you could ever imagine it to be, and, and yet. Um, we we still we can still claim that we belong together yeah in the context of you raising the states 
um, United States. And I would agree with you that, uh, and certainly there's been, well, if we want to get really technical, we might want to bring China in now, <laughs> but, but that, that's, that's for another time. But yeah. Um, yeah. would you, would you say then that the creation of the, the British uh, of the uh, West Indies Federation or West Indian Federation, whichever name we want to use was an attempt by Britain to keep a hold on the region, knowing that they were effectively losing control of the region? Of course, naturally. Um, federation is almost to say, okay, I want the relationship without the responsibility. <laughs> That's mm. really what it was. Um, so the, the, the Federation, you must bear in mind, you have to link it with the fallout in Britain from World War II. And, uh, and the, the, the extra resources to keep the diverse, quote-unquote, islands going uh, was not within the Treasury. And, and the, by concocting the, the Federation, the real intent of, of Britain was never so much, um, I don't think it was to give either political or economic unity to the region because with all the so-called um, investment that they had made within within the region per se um, communication wise it was it was deeply underdeveloped you could say even to this point in terms of the connectivity between between the region uh, it is very weak it's one of the most expensive regions to travel in mm. in terms of interterritorial travel um, so um, that was the case, but they, you, the intention was that for uh, Guyana, uh, Jamaica, and to uh, Barbados, to to some extent, it was the hope that by putting all of these nations together, that the 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 other islands of the the, the Leeward Islands and so on that the stronger economy would, of, of the region would more or less take on board the, 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 um, some of those developmental costs linked with the other islands. But, but um, Trinidad, uh, and in particular, Jamaica was never interested in that. And Jamaica in particular was already being pulled magnetically towards North America and, uh, and 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 its leadership, especially on the Bustamante, the nationalism that uh, an insularity that had entered into that political conservative ethos, a, a federation didn't really stand a chance um, with that kind of leadership. Before I go forward, there that might be a link to what Will says. So Will says wasn't there i don't know this actually i, I don't know if you do um, my my jamaican history doesn't spread to this sector was there a brief exploration of making jamaica part of canada during the victorian era i don't know about that no really remember um jamaica had a very intimate relationship with canada but as you'd realize the the national dish of jamaica is aki and saltfish contradiction again uh, the, these are two products that are non-indigenous you know, you where in Jamaica you get cod growing. Cod is a northern Atlantic product, and and aki is a West African product. Just, they're not they're not ingrained to the soil. So when we talk about aki and saltfish, that that's why to understand the peoples of the Caribbean, you have to you have to realize that you're not going to find homogeneity there. There's nothing homogeneous there. It is always mixed up. And, uh, and to a great extent, the, the cod that was the protein force for, for peoples who were enslaved, and especially in Jamaica, that was the main form of protein. And it came from Nova Scotia, which was part mm. of Canada. So the, the intimate relationship between Canada and, and, and Jamaica was tied up heavily with, uh, with economics. Right, so because that's where we got the cut from, and in return, sugar uh, would 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 move up north from Jamaica. So that's the intimacy with the Canadian sector.
So just before, and thank you, Will, for that um, question. And people do send your questions in. I'll try to bring them in where relevant. Um, so, for example, 007, I see you said, how do the West Indian Federation CARICOM differ? I'm going to get to that. That's not for now, but I, I, I will get to that. Um, but prior to answering that question, you mentioned insularity. And I think certainly when I've done my reading on the failure of the West Indian Federation, insularity is a big thing that gets mentioned over and over again. Obviously, Jamaica and Trinidad not really wanting to take on financial burdens that would possibly come with having a successful uh, federation. But if there's one thing that I think, and this is where we make our first loose link to the West Indian cricket team, insularity is something that runs rife through the cricket. But based on your answer previously, are you trying to suggest then that insularity runs rife through politics in, in the Caribbean? Or is the cricket merely just a microcosm of insularity in general in the region or would you say that's not a, a fair parallel to make mm, i wouldn't i wouldn't say all of that is correct because the early caribbean leaders whether you go for burnham uh, williams uh, bird uh, manley uh, barrow of uh, all name them they they had a vision for the for the region they had a vision and they work towards cooperating. You, if you, if you, at that time when you talk about third world conscientization, the the rise in in support of the anti-apartheid issues in 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 South Africa, the Caribbean had a voice. It was a common voice, mm. but the, I think the, the the leadership mutation within many of the Caribbean regions and uh, and how our leadership over the period especially from the 80s with the invasion of dominique uh sorry the invasion of grenada under maurice bishop yes under under reagan and with maurice you you said trump you know but that was a freudian (laughs) slip (laughs) well it it was almost there they were uh what i would call distant relative uh, (laughs) genetically tied i would say in terms of their political outlook but under reagan it was from that time and here in jamaica we had edward siaga uh if you if you realize that not even jamaica knew that 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 Jamaican soldiers were down in 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 Grenada fighting because he had he had divided the Caribbean region into this kind of um, for and against fight interfighting and and it weakened the Caribbean political con- conscientization so much so as you can see also in 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 um, in, in Caricom uh, that which started out great and was supposed to make it become almost like a, you, a, a, a free, not just free trade area, but free movement of people making the, just carrying the Caribbean region into a more political, um, not so much union, but a greater space for the Caribbean people to achieve and to actualize their full potential. I, I, I think a lot of we have had a lot of leadership um that that have they have suffered from more and more insularity succumb to divide and rule especially especially from the north and um i'm not too sure where the caribbean where we are now in terms of being a caribbean region working for the common good of all interesting now i, I, I want to Boy, I don't even know where to go from there because there's some questions in the chat which I need to bring up. I'm trying to think what's the best. Let me go to Ian. And Ian, um, uh, uh, you're a supporter of the podcast, jumped on many of our lives. Ian says this, and this is maybe jumping too far forward, but it's such a good question that I want to maybe go to it now and then I'll rewind again. Ian says, um, in this present environment and with the global profile of Amir Motley, for those who are in the chat who don't know, uh, the uh, leader of Barbados, do you see any chance of a Caribbean political union being initiated anytime soon? So are we in a possible, is the window open? I'm going to kind of 
uh, give a hybrid to Ian's question. Is the window open with leaders like Mia to come to a, 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 a coherent Caribbean Union? Well, I think Mia is a breath of fresh air, to be honest. And sometimes I just thought, wow, if only we could find two or three more leaders like her. But as long as we, um, you know, we, we, we need the, the kind of enlightenment and that requires us to think beyond ourselves. And, um, and I'm not so sure since her arrival on the scene, um, whether or not uh, she has brought together, I would love, for example, to, to see a greater connectivity if she were able to do a lot more sitting down with with some of our male leaders in the other in the other nations such as Jamaica, Trinidad, Guyana. Um, because those are leading nations in the in the Caribbean. And to, you need to get to see the need to see on the same page. You you look for example, if, if the America were to invite um, leaders, if you, you you begin to see who are the leaders they quickly invite to mm -hmm. come and to come and talk with them. We need we need to do our homework, but I think if we, if there's going to be some hope for the future, uh, it is going to come with the kind of enlightened leadership that I see Mayor. Is, is 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 giving to the Caribbean at this time, but she can't do it alone. Uh, she's going to need some other allies, allies who well, take, for example, even with with the election of a new Secretary General for for the Commonwealth. You know, the, the Caribbean should have been speaking with one voice, one mm. voice. And, and yes, when you look course, at yeah. the when you look at this the the story of that. Uh, you could call it the backstabbing, the the and and sometimes us playing lies and that have been happening, um, and that should come from some of the leading nations of the, the, the within the region. And so yeah, it's going to take a long time. The transformational political leadership that is required to get the Caribbean back into a common outlook of the future is still uh, some way off. So the kind of million dollar question here. So we've kind of set a bit of a context and and, and people who are, who are live with us, um, I didn't know how many people would actually jump in this. I see it going up and down, etc. This is probably going to be one of those videos that you tell people about and they come back and watch it later uh, because they're missing out on some gems here. But Pop, so where does, where does the cricket team fit in all of this then and i say this uh, i mean you've seen the growth of 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 the caribbean cricket podcast over the the last few years and whenever i tell my story about liking west indies cricket i've if you've seen if you see me you've seen that i always blame you um <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and i i always say that you got me into it and that when you got me into it it was as the west indies were just about starting to lose all of their allure and beginning to lose. Um, and then and it was too late for me to pull out. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. But I want you to kind of speak on your experience here. And obviously yours is a Jam primarily Jamaican experience, but you, you, you're well-traveled. Um, what did the West Indies cricket team mean? So West Indian Federation notwithstanding... And even Carifta, because for people who don't know, Carifta predates CARICOM. Um, how, for the people, and I, I don't know how you're going to answer this, but for the people, what did the team actually mean? Was it a team that unified the Caribbean, or was it just because they were good and that unified the Caribbean, or was it because coming out of uh, colonialism, so post-colonialism, there needed to be something to to have our identity joined to, other than the kind of 
uh, nascent nationalism of each particular island when give or take when each one got their independence what was the wider allure of the west indies cricket team in what context did it fit in the 70s and the 80s where would you place it in terms of this notion of people of the caribbean or west indies and and if i go with your argument from earlier if if the west indies is a misnomer of a title to use why are we still using it then so and why didn't people kick back in the 70s and 80s and say we shouldn't be even be calling ourselves the west Indies? Do, do you see where i'm coming from sure yeah well let's get back to that idea of um the the, the team in the early years from and then you have to begin from 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 the late from the late 60s you 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 must also bear in mind about the the inherent competition between the colonizers and the and the and the colonized and the colonized people that in itself you have to start there that there is always that innate desire of whipping um those who rule over you Mm. Uh, just like with uh, being at high school with students playing teachers, it's the greatest joy of whipping those who who have power over you. So you have to begin there. But as you move on into the achievement of independence, it was all it become it became rather even more intense that this must become a symbol of us. Um, achieving our our nationhood, as it were, mm. and that means you must compete and compete well. And in the area of in the rest of the society, for which, as who would put it in their song, they say the system set. You are already. It's almost if if you try to play with the economy, you you're already going to be a loser because the system is not is not set up to to make you win when it comes to things like cricket where you have some control uh that too gave the the, the representatives um the kind of awesome desire of whipping um those who who once ruled over uh, so when you track the 70s especially from the from that period with Clive Lloyd, and um, I remember when I left when I left Jamaica in 1984 and came and came to Britain and saw um, what is it I had experienced there in Jamaica and saw how within the UK at that time, it, it, and and you must bear in mind that Caribbean peoples within within the UK they they came into another period of of the uh, of, i wouldn't even want to call it um just racism by the word you could call it um systemic and plus it was also uh, a kind of mechanistic dehumanization you can never become equal with us and the, the cricket that came to the character to, to uk to to england in particular was another form of not just raising the spirit of the people, but it was it was to see. I, it was like the, the West Indian people here would say, "See what I tell you? Um, we, we we can excel. We can excel, and we can beat you." And especially for the the, dec the decade and a half going up into the nineties, before uh, I would then say. It, the West Indies cricket then reflected what was already happening within the Caribbean region on a whole, where new leaders were appearing, which were no longer as cohesive about the common project, because West Indies then was seen as a common project. It was no longer a common project by the time um, some of the other leaders arrived on the scene. Other mm. objectives were there. And you, it, the impact of that on Caribbean cricket began to have its way, as I use the term insularity, the same impact that went into the Federation and caused the decline of the Federation. 
also went into West Indies cricket. Mm. Sure, there are other factors in terms of not just governance uh, within the game, and, and that disease has continued for quite some time. But the governance is really because of political interference all the way. And, and that has led to poor, poor, poor governance. And we cannot separate out of that other competing sports that were economically more, more, um, more attractive. And I would dare say to you, had India not saved modern cricket with with its IPL and the way in which it has made it much more economically attractive. Um, cricket in the in the West Indies would be in, even in a worse state than what it currently is. That, that, that's a power charge comment there. <laughs> there's there's going to be people who hear that comment and go, how dare you say... I agree, by the way. <laughs> but um, There's going to be people who hear that comment and say, how can you say that T20 is... But no, the, the, the economic realities are what they are. Yeah. Um, and before I unpick that further, Medvis, uh, strong support of the podcast. Thank you, Medvis, for the super chat comment. And sorry for not bringing it up earlier, Medvis, but I wanted to bring it in at the right time because I want to see what my dad says on this. So Medvis says, this convolves gold. Thank you. I want us to fully break with our colonial constructs of the Caribbean and expand our, Car our Caribbean political movements and cricket to non-English speaking islands. Let's grow the game in Cuba and Haiti. Now, this is an interesting comment by Medvis because mm. when we think about CARICOM, this notion of the Caribbean, I think, is still largely seen as the English-speaking islands. Sure. But when you geographically look at the Caribbean, it's weird how, and I guess when, this is a cricket podcast, but it's weird how we don't make mention of, uh, I'm just going to pick some um, random places now, Suriname, um, Aruba, um, what's uh, so, is it Turk and Caicos Islands, um, uh, Cuba, uh, Haiti, what Dominica Repu Dominic Dominican Republic? Dominican Republic. Like, we, we, we basically ignore those islands, <laughs> we basically ignore them as if they're not part of the it's a it's really interesting. And and uh, for those who don't know CARICOM, and there will be many of you, possibly, or some of you in this chat who are like, what exactly is CARICOM? I do after this do go and read about it because those those countries and islands I've just mentioned are in Caricom. Sure. But the way West Indies cricket is functioned, you would you would think yeah. that there's some foreign islands who are nowhere near us and geographically have nothing to do with us. But Absolutely. Jamaica is closer to Cuba than it is to all of the rest of the essentially all of the rest of what people traditionally think are the Caribbean islands. We're nowhere near. Barbados, Trinidad, geographically speaking, we're nowhere near any of those islands. And Cuba and Haiti should have more in common with Jamaica than, and, than, than and, the Eastern Caribbean. And not only that, you have to mention the people because a, a large section of the Cuban population, the black population, are actually Jamaican, Jamaican migrants. So mm. we, we have to also take that on board. And, and many of them who went over, even during the time of, when the British, for example, um, took over Jamaica, um, you, it's important that you know there's a place on the north coast called Runaway Bay. Mm -hmm. Runaway, Runaway Bay was the was a major route from Jamaica into Cuba mm -hmm. for a lot of a lot of the African Jamaicans who wanted to escape from from british colonial rule so um yeah they, they they we have no choice that's but that is where you need to understand to the push of the american imperialism of not wanting the caribbean islands to associate with other islands quote unquote as there's all not if it's not the language itself um there's such a thing called imperial english you know you know, uh, the imperialism of English that really looks down on other languages. <laughs> and, 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 and we must not forget that. So the marginalization within the, the, the Caribbean is also linked with our hesitation of acquiring another language and to realize that we belong to one nation, speaking 
Creole, speaking French, speaking Spanish. That is a necessary passport for intermingling. Why is it that a number of these people can speak English and we are so hesitant in wanting mm -hmm. to learn to learn another language? That is one of the, the new disciplines of the era where I would love to see, especially in the Anglo-Caribbean um, uh, territories, that a greater effort is made in, in acquiring another language of the Caribbean. Yeah. Most definitely. And um, it, it goes slightly off topic somewhat, but uh, it would be remiss to not mention that one of the reasons why you don't hear a link to Cuba and the Caribbean is because Cuba is a political pariah. So, uh, and and the, the one time... I'm possibly speaking out of turn here, so do correct me. The one time Jamaica had strong links with Cuba, well, we the political ramifications of doing that, <laughs> or no, the political consequences of doing that, were all laid bare in the in the eighties. So we we can't discuss that without taking on board the 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 the, the kind of wider context, particularly in the Cold War, of yeah. not accepting other nations within the within the caribbean for fear of consequences <laughs> so so that 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 must be that must be a uh, that must be highlighted yeah. so um you touched on it again you did touch on it briefly but i do just want before we bring this to an end and people believe it or not 45 minutes has flown by and i i promised myself i wouldn't let this go over an hour so if you want more from my dad you're gonna have to ask for a part two and I'll have to see how long I, how long it, how many months it takes me to convince him to get in front of a laptop to, to, to do part two. I'll probably have to wait till I get to Jamaica at Christmas to sit down next to him to do it. But um, you did mention Caricom um, earlier, and I, I do just want you to unpick that. Where the West Indian Federation failed, has Caricom succeeded, or because, in fairness, actually, we should we should talk on this a bit more. CARICOM has, and the heads of CARICOM, and it's interesting you mentioned Mia about how the heads of the region are seen as the, the, the men, but the heads of CARICOM have intervened where West Indies cricket is concerned in terms of, in terms of rebuking the governance of, of yeah. the cricket in the region. Sev uh, Ralph Gonzalez, Gon I would say surname wrong. Um, Gonzalez. Which islands is he again? Is he Grenada? Is he... Uh, where's Ralph? Is it Grenada? I can never remember which ones were. No, Keith Mitchell is Grenada, so I can't remember where Ralph is now. Maybe St. Kitts. But um, the different leaders of CARICOM have rebuked Cricket West Indies' leadership of the of of our cricket, and they often say make kind of grandstanding statements about West Indies cricket is a public good. You're running it into the ground. Sorry, St. Vincent for Ralph, of course. Um, you're running it in, you're running it into the public ground. Reports have been written about the governance of um cricket West Indies. But of course, the problem with sport is government's not actually allowed to really interfere That's the point. In, in sport. And if they had their way, maybe our cricket wouldn't be in the shape it is. Remember but the Patterson's report. Of course, of course. Yes, yeah. So I guess touch on that because. You can touch on CARICOM in terms of cricket, but also touch on CARICOM in terms of do you see it as a successful institution that has done more to unify the Caribbean or do you see it as a failed initiative which should have done a lot more now than it has managed to do? Um, I'm intrigued to see where you stand on CARICOM. Well, I, I, I would call... CARICOM for me is bordering on becoming a, what I call arrested development. Meaning, mm. um, yes, it has done some good. I, I, I can't go against that. Um, there, you do have certain levels of trade that taking place. You know, there was a time when, um, you know, not much would have been coming out of Guyana, for example. Um, Recently, I, I saw where Jamaica's literally signed a contract with Guyana in terms of the, the vast landmass that Guyana has um, for strategic growing of certain food crops um, that they would be able to 
um, export duty free back to back back to Jamaica. There, the, so it's and when you think of this now of this uh, major global food insecurity that has been the fallout from the Russian Ukraine invasion and and what we in the Caribbean when we have become so much uh, an import dependent mm. uh, region. And it's not that we don't have the space for growing a lot of things in terms of the CARICOM community. Uh, it's, it is really to find the political will. We do not have a, such a large population mm. you know, in, 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 in this community. And we do have the land space in terms of the different territories. So if we had the political will for some of the fresh ideas of developing a region, so we become more sustainable within the region, I, I, I think that is exactly where CARICOM needs to put itself. But unfortunately, um, even when the CARICOM heads decide on certain directions in terms of tariffs and the movements of people. I mean, if I were to go into issues around immigration, for example, that give them one credit. They, the passport of the of the CARICOM actually, like the European region, carries a, a logo mm -hmm. uh, that says you can enter without the need to apply for a visa. You know? mm -hmm. But and that is good, but but when you go there, you want to make sure you're treated with the necessary dignity, mm. you know. Um, and that's where you begin to pick up national bias. There, you would ask certain people, you know, and say, "No, I don't want to go that place because the immigration immigration officers don't treat you well." Or, "No, no, 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 I want to bypass this one." So. Yeah, you get you get some of these things right in terms of to enhance free travel and and not only that, also some of the islands now allow you to easily go and work from one island to another as long as you have a university um, degree with you and you find a job there, you can go and work. But still, there's the, still the kind of insularity um, that uh, of protecting local jobs. And uh, and then on top of that, too, based on CARICOM, um, after you settle for just a couple of years, you, you're able to vote and participate in the political direction of wherever you live, you know. And, um, and so the, these are the blessings of CARICOM. Um, but in, uh, along with the blessings, um, you will get the experiences of people that will speak to some of what they they would call the biases that are still there so it is still a job it is still a site on the construction that's how i would put it well the thing is one thing i can't take seriously about the region is up to now you still can't travel from one island to the other without paying a ridiculous fare now i i, I just find that unacceptable i i can't understand how we've, we're in 2022 and it's still extortionate to fly from pick somewhere random Jamaica to Grenada. And yeah. it, that, that part of, so for me, part of the reason why there's yeah. no genuine connectivity with yeah. the, with, within the region is we can't afford to go anywhere yeah. within, the, within the region. So we have to stay in our own particular countries and islands because the travel is in the travel is mad. But it's 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 a bit more than that too. You see, it is it is just within laws of economic. Um, if you create a monopoly, a monopoly will always want to get maximum profits and to keep keeping others out. You have to also change. Just like there was a time when there was only one telecom company, you know, mm. and you pay high rates um, nationally until through the digital revolution you begin to see all kinds of companies coming on board even recently there's an internet company from from uh, from Barbados that have, they have set up in Jamaica and and, and giving flow and digital some competition 
rates fall. You know, there's just no way around it. They need to change the rules of inter-island travel that can allow startups and no frills to take people from one place to the other. And even look on the, you know, you want to see the, the big laughter. It's easier for people to tr in the Caribbean, sorry, from say Miami to jump on a boat, one of these tourist boats and connect with the rest of the Caribbean than for Caribbean people to connect yeah. with one another. You get what I'm saying? 100%. So if you, live, if you live in Florida and you want to go down to the islands, you do that easily, easily. You jump on one of these tourist boats going from island to island and you're there. But mm -hmm. let you say you're going to jump on that same, um, that same tourist boat in your country. You know, you, it's a problem. You have to first go and pay, go to America and join that boat and continue and get back to Miami and then go back to your country. It, that is part of the, the big laughter of uh, connectivity. So, yeah, it's a major area for which um, the kind of mayor leadership, I would dare say, because sadly, some of our male leaders they have um, they have issues to do with their uh, their eyes. They just can't see. Mm. Yeah. So let's bring this one to a close. We're, we're just shy of the hour mark. So let, let's bring this one to a close. And I've seen enough of you in the chat say we need a part two. Okay. I've seen people say it. So I will I will try and organize it. Keep your eyes out for that one. I did tell you all though. I did say when we finally got this going, you'd appreciate this one. But um. So, Dad, what are we saying now then in terms of let's bring it let's bring it full circle now to, to West Indies cricket and the kind of premise of the talk at the start. What does the West Indies cricket team mean now in 2022? What does it mean? Where does it stand in the context of Caribbean identity, you, you you touched on earlier on what it meant in post-colonial wise, so seventies and eighties, and it that was a moment. It was a it was a moment for the diaspora. It was a moment for Caribbean people, and it was a once in a lifetime, possibly generational super team. Now we're no good. What does it mean? What does that institution mean for the region? Because you and I will laugh sometimes. We'll see like um, like uh, illustrations in the Gleaner, just mm. cussing the team and making fun of the team. Mm -hmm. And I kind of sense that's the general feeling across across the region. Or is there historical significance always going to mean that they have a they they have a integral connection to our identity as people that we can never shift no matter how terrible they become right let's put it this way you'll always have um peoples of the anglo-caribbean who are dedicated cricket followers it doesn't matter if it's sunshine or rain <laughs> You know, they, they're going to be there supporting the team. Um, that's there. But it is a dying breed. Mm. It's a dying breed right there in the Caribbean. There is another group, and I would even put myself a little bit into that, even though I'm still willing um, to to go and watch a match at, at Sabina Park. But you hardly see anything at Sabina Park these days anyway, mm. because... Um, the diversity of the pitches in terms of where they go. That's another political discussion as mm. to where they go to play. And really, uh, are they interested in the old um, sites like Sabina Park? And, you know, that's another discussion. But put it this way, after when you end up losing over and over and over again, and and the cartoonists have put it well. You you then send your people into a state of psychological. Um, it's almost neurotic, you know that you 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 begin to expect defeat. Mm. Um, you know it's on. It would, I think one of the last cartoons that I, 
cartoonist that put up with West Indies cricket was was it's all right, my son. You you, you lose again, but you never do it too badly this time. <laughs> it is still it, you you're still lost, <laughs> but it is now we have accepted that you know this this son is a loser, you know, mm. and uh, and and it's almost like it will it, the wound is is has now reached as it were midlife can it produce can it produce again or uh, or, or or that uh, is it menopause you know <laughs> or or what i think what i would ask from this batch of 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 younger players i like the trend in putting in the younger players what i would love to see also is that to convince the, the new Caribbean cricket watchers, we they need to demonstrate um, not not just being good in their skills of playing the game, but they need to demonstrate the kind of leadership, you know, on and off the field. It it is these kinds of things that want to reconnect with the people, and you must remember, you know. There is a female dimension to Caribbean cricket too. You know? mm. That would be a, that would be something else to look to talk about because mm -hmm. there, are, mm -hmm. there are some female followers of Caribbean of, of cricket of West Indies cricket that are more passionate than men. Well, now, and, listen, I yeah. just interject. The most passionate people I met in the Netherlands were the women. I tell yeah. one hundred percent. It, it, it they were more dedicated and. They had some of the best stories to tell me about watching West Indies. Yes, before. and I would dare you in one of these podcasts to bring a group of women who are cricket lovers, and mm. you'll hear their perspective on on what is it that they want to remain fully connected. Mm -hmm. And then, and naturally, with us men, if the women are, are, have connected themselves with the cricket, the men will return. Um, so, I, I, I really would love to see these young. Um, three or four C's, they must be competent, competent at what you do. Uh, they must be committed, they must be compassionate, and they must be consistent. That's all I ask. If they well, can that, give that, me... You're asking a lot there, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, but, that's, but that's what you need for excellence. I yeah, would say yeah. that to my students in the classroom. You know, blessed are those who expect nothing. You shall not be disappointed. <laughs> but but if you if you if you if you are competent at what you do and that requires it, eternal practice to be good at what you're doing if you are committed that means you don't give in to one or two failures if you are compassionate and you you encourage others along the way so that you don't get your head swell and if you are consistent with what you're doing there will success is waiting for you well, we we can't end any we can't end any better than that. Um, my sister trying to get in late with a with a comment. Listen, you're not coming on. <laughs> so, but, but um, yeah. Do you know what people? Um, listen, I don't know what to say. That for me, for me, that was excellent. And I don't just say that because it, it's my dad. Um, I think it's because. When we started the podcast, it was it was never going to just be about let's talk to some cricketers, let's talk to some administrators. I've always said that, and I said it at the start, and I guess I'll say it again at the end. You cannot understand or follow West Indies cricket without also looking at West Indian history as a whole. That's just part one. There's going to have to be a part two. Um, and actually, uh, Dad, there was a topic that I didn't raise and I've written it down in my notes. And even that in itself is possibly another top. That might even be an hour in and of itself, which you mentioned women, so gender. But actually, the one topic we didn't touch on in terms of Caribbean identity was race. And I had it written down. I had it written down, but I just didn't see the, the intro part. And I knew that yeah. if I mentioned it, that was a half an hour conversation in yeah. and of itself in terms of Caribbean identity as, as well. And that particularly ties in with notions of a West Indian sure. uh, cricket team. I don't know if you just want to briefly touch on that before we end. Yeah, but, but I'll, I'll give it a positive ring that Caribbean cricket has done more in joining 
uh, Indo-Caribbean uh, citizens with Afro-Caribbean citizens more than any other um, any other ideological construct. Mm. Not religion has not done it the way mm. the cricket has done it, and it's not just for the players and their own camaraderie, but it is a way in which the um, the, the the peoples from the who are descendants from the African continent and from the Indian continent, how after so many years of being together, uh, in spite of all the negatives and, and the ifs and the buts and the drawbacks, I, I think cricket has been one of the most powerful instruments of bringing these two peoples together. And long may it continue. Most definitely. And, and, and people... Like I say, I think there's definitely a part two in this. Uh, I will speak to my dad off air and we'll see where we where we go with that. Um, and what can I say? Thank you, everyone who, who came into the into live. I think I think I'm going to make this one, which which will mean that what I'm saying now will actually be on the edit. But I think I'm going to make this an audio download as well, because not everybody will watch this on YouTube. Not everybody will will watch a visual. Some people prefer to have an audio uh, to listen to whether on the way to work or uh, at home when you've got an hour to spare so i think i'll create this as an as an audio download as well i felt like th this was a special one that more people need to hear but pops thank you for coming on much appreciated um any last word for our guests pops before i before i close this one off yeah i think the more we discuss these things i think it is more not just that we enlighten ourselves but we we will find a way of helping others to get eye operation and to be able to see more clearly. Well, well definitely. Uh, people share this. Share this to whoever you know would want to listen to this. I, I, I'm I, going to share this to people in Cricket West Indies organisation. This needs to go to government heads as well. We can still revive West Indies cricket if we have conversations like these. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been another illuminating edition of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Thank you and good night. Good night.